The word of our Lord from the epistle to the Colossians. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you were also called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. In whatever you do, in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Let's pray. Almighty and everlasting God, it is Your will to restore all things in Your well-beloved Son, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We pray that You would mercifully grant that all of the people of the earth, divided from one another and enslaved by sin, may be freed and brought together under His most gracious rule, who lives and reigns with You and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We have... A variety of things that we associate with Thanksgiving. As I was talking with the kids, we associate turkeys and cornucopias, and we associate autumn weather and autumn colors, you know, reds and browns and oranges and yellows and all those different things with Thanksgiving. And unfortunately, another thing that we also associate with Thanksgiving is just kind of a, a, a feeling or a sensation or, or a, um, a sentiment. But actually, thanksgiving is an activity. It is an action. It's something we do. It's, it is the giving of thanks where we express perhaps that feeling or that emotion or that gratitude that we have down within our hearts. But as, as, as an idea, thanksgiving is actually an action. It's not just something we have, it's something we do. It's not just something we feel, it's an activity in which we are called to participate. And it's an activity that you cannot escape in the Scriptures. In Paul's letters uh, in the New Testament, you have him constantly reminding his readers that they are to be grateful, that they are to be thankful. Here he says it in a couple of different ways, with thanksgiving and then also giving thanks to God the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, all of, all of the scriptures, you could say, are a reminder that we have much for which to be thankful because the scriptures themselves are the story of creation and then fall and redemption by God. That He has always been faithful to His people. You find gratitude expressed especially in the Psalms. 
Sometimes you have the psalmist crying out for vengeance and crying out for justice. But oftentimes you find the psalmist crying out in, in, in joyous praise to God for how God has been faithful to him. And how Yahweh has redeemed him and rescued him and protected him. Some form of the word thanks or thanksgiving or thankfulness is found in the New Testament uh, 45 times. That's pretty often. Almost all of the New Testament books refer to gratitude or thanksgiving. And there are an awful lot of words that, that come out of, of the Greek root for thanksgiving. Um, in, in fact, if you want to know a little bit more about them, then come tonight to the ecumenical service. Because as David mentioned, I've been uh, asked to deliver the homily. And so I've got a, a different sermon in store for tonight. But um, we'll get into some of those different terms this evening. So if, that, if words interest you at all, come tonight, please. But we are called to participate in the activity of giving thanks to God for how good He's been. And really, our, our thankfulness to God can't be separated from our thankfulness to one another and our thankfulness toward, toward those who are blessings to us. This morning, I want to share with you um, four different helps in the giving of thanks Things that help you to be more thankful. Things that help you to express your thankfulness. But also things that, uh, that ought to be born as fruit in our lives because of the thankfulness we have. And we'll begin with what's obvious. And that is simply be grateful. You know, we, we are so tempted to, to lack gratitude in this life. We are so tempted to take life's blessings just for granted. To assume that, that, that everything we have we're entitled to, to. And to assume that we ought to be entitled to even more. But the scriptures call us unwaveringly to be grateful for what we have. We ought to take inventory of our life's blessings. Because they are many. The scriptures tell us that everything we have, every good and every perfect gift comes down from above, from the, Father's, from the Father of lights. Every blessing that we enjoy is a blessing that we have received from another. And we of all people have reason to be grateful. Statistics tell us that uh, even the poorest of the poor in our country are wealthier than 68% of the global population. We have a lot to be thankful for. As a congregation, we have a lot to be thankful for. David mentioned this morning the beautiful weather outside and how crisp the wind is. That's something that even though we got to bundle up a little more, that's something that can remind us, man, it is a beautiful, beautiful day. And God has been good to us. The hymn writer said, count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord hath done. We ought to be grateful. 
And that's the obvious thing. Again, that's, that's what we always associate with thanksgiving. But we can't actually give thanks unless we take a moment to take inventory of our life's blessings and to be grateful for we have much. The second thing I want to encourage you with this morning, which kind of goes along with this being grateful, is be glad. What are you talking about, Pastor? The two are kind of inseparable. Well, they may be somewhat inseparable, but they are distinct things. We are tempted to to become disinterested with life if we're not careful. Life offers to us bountiful goodnesses, bountiful things for which we we can be glad. And if we're not careful will be tempted to just be ho-hum about life. Life is what life is. My life is ordinary. There's nothing extraordinary about it. But the Scriptures call us to enjoy life, to be glad, to smile, to be happy. In fact, the, the, the term blessed in the Scriptures could easily be translated happy. You remember the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Happy are they. Filled with joy are they. You remember the psalmist. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. He ought to be filled with joy and happiness. There's reason to be glad. We typically um, hear the word sloth or sloth in the, in the Latin. And we, we associate that with kind of a laziness. But laziness is actually a little bit too specific for that word. Sloth is actually just a pure disinterest. To be unmoved by things. To be unmoved by life. To be uninterested with what's going on. That's what sloth is. And gladness protects us against this one of the seven deadly sins. We have reason to be glad. We have reason to smile. We have reason to be happy. We have reason to enjoy life. Life is not just something to be, to, to be passed on through, but instead life is something to be embraced and enjoys, en- enjoyed. But I want to encourage you, don't fake it. Don't just put on a smile because you ought to smile. Don't just try to act glad. Instead, pray that God would make you glad. Live as though you have reason to give thanks. Live as though you have reason to give thanks in this life. For its blessings. Because God has been good to us. The scriptures call us to be grateful. They call us to be glad. But they call us also to be generous. And this is something that we often don't associate with thanksgiving. But generosity is actually 
Generosity comes from a heart that is filled with gratitude. It comes from a heart that is glad. In fact, God says in the New Testament that He doesn't want us to to spitefully give or reluctantly give. He wants us to gladly give. He wants us to, to be joyous in our generosity. In fact, the word itself, thanksgiving, or the giving of thanks, reminds us of generosity because it's something that we are giving. But in reality, it's something that we're giving back because God has been good to us. He has been gracious to us. We return that graciousness with thanksgiving. We return it with generous praise to God. We're constantly told in this, in this life, and particularly in our culture, that we don't have enough, that we don't own enough, that our stuff isn't good enough, that our stuff isn't new enough, that our stuff isn't bright enough, our stuff isn't sleek enough. But if each one of us would, would open up the inventory of our lives and its blessings, we would be reminded that we have so much. We have been given so much. God has been so good to us. And our generosity, whether it's in giving back to, to, to the ministry that has been a, a help to us through like tithes and offerings, or whether it's in, in being generous to a neighbor, Doing something kind that costs us of our time and costs us of our money and of our energy. Whether it's, whether it's in doing good for the church or whether it's in, in being generous to the world. We are, we are being blessings to others because others have been a blessing to us. We are returning graciousness and gratitude to the one who has been so gracious to us and the one who has given us reason to have gratitude. Just like water, when blessings aren't moving, they quickly grow stagnant. And God blesses us so that we might be a blessing to others. And we're called to be generous. We're called to express our thanks to God by the generosity that He's equipped us for. And we can look, and look at our lives and say, yeah, but I can't afford it. The Scriptures tell us we can't afford not to be generous. We can't afford not to do good for others. And be a blessing to others. Because generosity is not just an expression of our gratitude. It is that. But it is also one of the ways of becoming even more grateful. There's no greater feeling, and this is kind of self-serving for, for all of us, but there's, there's no greater feeling almost than being able to help someone else. Even in something small and what we would think of as menial. You know, the neighbor need, neighbor breaks his rake and you run your rake over to him or, or something as simple as that. There's a, there's a good feeling associated with that and being able to be generous to someone. 
Generosity breeds gratitude. And we're called to give gratefully, gladly, and generously. Again, blessings that are not passed along, blessings that are not that do not multiply themselves or recreate themselves into blessings for others will fester and will 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 breed death. They will grow stagnant. We ought to be grateful, we ought to be glad, we ought to be generous, and we ought to be gracious. We run the risk, if we fail to be gracious, of living life's days vainly. Of living life's days as though we're just kind of passing through. Just going through the motions of everyday life. Going through the motions of of everyday interactions with others. But we're called in the Scriptures to be gracious. In fact, that's what this entire passage in the epistle is about. All of those nouns and all those adjectives that are describing the, the inner workings of the church. Tender mercies and kindness and love, the bond of perfection, and forgiving and bearing with one another, and singing songs and encouraging one another, admonishing one another. All those things are are ways in which the early church was being called to be gracious to one another. You know, being gracious is not just being kind. It's so much more than that. It involves being kind, and we can't be gracious maybe without being kind. Perhaps we can. But there's an element of kindness that God wants to, to, to place within our hearts that, that is beyond just niceties, that's beyond just being sweet or, or having a nice tone of voice when we talk to others. There is a graciousness that God wants in our lives that, that filters into the lives of others, that comes out in our interactions with others that slows down and takes evaluation of what's going on in life around us. That recognizes when someone's having a bad day and doesn't just chalk it up as, well, there's nothing I can do about it. Just this past Monday evening, I made a a late night run to the grocery store after the kids were in bed. And after I got home, I told Lindsay, I said, I had a very interesting uh, time at the uh, at the grocery store. She said, "What? What happened?" Well, I had gotten all the the groceries that needed to be gotten. I was in line for checkout, and there was you know there were all the self help uh, this and the self help checkouts, the self checkout stations, and they were almost all empty. But I thought, nah, I'm going to go over here uh, to to where there's a, a a couple of employees. There's a bagger and and a uh, a cashier, so I'm gonna I'm gonna head over here. Well, of course I get in line and there are a couple of people in front of me and I think why didn't I just go do the self the self checkout? But for some reason I decided yeah, I'm just gonna park it here. I could use it to talk with someone I guess. And so 
the the lady ahead of me, she she gets checked out and she makes her way outside, and so I'm I'm next. I'm standing there, and the the cashier he says, "How are you doing?" And I said, "I'm fantastic. How are you?" To which he replies, "The exact opposite." And I, of course, my thought was, "Oh, joy!" <laughs> but I, I I didn't let it startle me or anything like that. I thought something must be going on. And so the, the, at this point, the baggers asked me, how are you? And he immediately asked me, so how are you, sir? And I, I tempered my fantastic and simply said, not too bad, really. <laughs> it's it's funny how we can re, you know react in situations like that and, and start adjusting our moods a little bit. And so... Uh, a couple of minutes passed, and, and I decided I'm going to engage the cashier and see what's going on. He was a young guy, and uh, his name was Isaac. And I said, so I just kind of leaned in on the counter to make it real good and awkward and said, so what's got you down, man? And he tells me about uh, uh, his one of his friends that had been killed over the weekend. And I thought, man... This guy needs someone to talk with. And so I asked him a few questions and mentioned how, how, how uh, bad I felt for him and, and their friends. And we talked for a little bit and ended up happening that I came back in the store, got a couple of business cards out of, my, out of the van and took them back in and gave one to both him and the, the bagger. And we talked for a little bit and they asked about the church and I told them a little bit about it. And we just talked for a bit and I said, look, if you, if you, if you need someone to talk with, I'm willing to get together with you and we can talk. I had told him, um, when, he, when he told me that his friend had been killed, he said, you know, he said, people keep saying that, uh, that everything happens for a reason, but I don't, I, don't see, I don't see how in the world God did this and, and has some big plan for this. And I said, well, I can tell you this. I said, I'm a pastor of a church and I don't think God made this happen and I think there's an awful lot that happens in life that is outside of God's plan. And he said, yeah. I said, yeah. Now that's not, that's not to, to brag on myself or, or anything like that. That is simply to help illustrate that we ought to be gracious people in life because we are surrounded by people who are hurting we are surrounded by people who need a little bit of grace and some who need a whole lot of grace we are surrounded by people who have been beat down by life who who have been crushed by the weight of life's burdens, who are hurting, who are trying to figure out how life is going to work out, how life can 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 be better tomorrow, how how we can put together pieces of 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 our lives that are broken. We're surrounded by people who need to be surrounded by gracious people. And God calls us to to not be so caught up in our own troubles that we lose the opportunity to be gracious to others. We ought to live so as to be conduits of God's grace into their lives. A little bit of hospitality 
toward others goes a long way. And hospitality is about receiving people into ourselves. It's about making room for others. And we're surrounded by people who need to have a little bit of room made for them. We ought to give thanks to God for all that He has done for us. And one of the ways that we give thanks to Him is by passing along some of His goodness to others. By taking a moment to be gracious to others. The giving of thanks, gracious interaction, generosity, gladness, being grateful, all of these things are not just things that ought to characterize the worship patterns of the church. That's what Paul's addressing specifically here. How the church ought to interact with one another as they gather together. But they ought to become such a part of the the fabric of our lives that when we leave as the church, that we still are rejoicing, that we still are giving thanks, that we still are grateful and glad and generous and gracious. Just as Paul says, whatever you do, whether it's in word or whether it's in deed, regardless of what you are doing, we ought to do it all in the name of Christ Jesus. And in doing that, we ought to give thanks to God the Father through Him. Every bit of our lives is to be touched by this sort of character that God is able to instill in us as His people. And so yes, thanksgiving is an action. It's something we do. It is an activity. And we are called to do it. To give thanks. And to live thankfully. Not to just remind ourselves once a year of all of our blessings, but to allow that yearly reminder to change the way we approach every other day of the year. We ought to live as thankful people. And in doing that, we ought to be grateful and glad and generous and gracious. God is able to make us into that type of people if we will give ourselves to Him and yield our lives to Him and say, Lord, I need Your grace so that I can be gracious, so that I can be generous, so that I can be glad, and so that I'll realize I have reason to be grateful. Let's pray.